everyone, welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'll take it away as Colin, your other host, or one of your other hosts, rather. On today's show, we're and every show, we're going through the MCU historical <laughs> order, scene by scene, or day by day, until the end of time. And the reason why I fixed it to say, or actually one of your other hosts, plural, mm-hmm. is because we have a guest. Welcome back to the show, Ty. Hello. Hi, Ty. Hello, everyone here. Hello, you listener listening in your car with your... Listening I just need, near or listening far. Give, give I just needed really to have specific. like one very specific thing mm, pull, and sure. I could not come up with it. Yeah, uh, with so your I Corolla with a oh. Uh, oh, yeah. tag that's going to expire in exactly one month. Okay, so you, do you need to make sure that you follow up on that? Gas is looking a little but, low. Oh, not it's, too it's low, a, but uncomfortably low. Yes, mm. that you got in two thousand four. Ooh, mm-hmm. all right, Tom's very specific. Thing. And if that is you, uh. I will personally buy you a piece of merch if you can prove that that is you. All right, so it is time to start 1983. Nope. Nope. Listen, kind of yes. The first episode of 1983 was just a temper tantrum, and I think we can all agree that this is the episode where 1983 truly starts because there's a whole bunch of stuff that happens, and in fact... uh, Sure. I looked at the the way the date works on MCU Wiki and uh, actually uh, pushed some of the stuff that was going to happen in this episode over to the next episode for Colin to cover because it was going to be too much uh, ground to cover. So we are, it's going to be actually a little bit less than we were going to cover, but it's still a lot. So let's get into it. You're going to be watching uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 7, Episode 7, starting at 10 minutes and 36 seconds. Stopping at 1335 for someone to express disbelief for roughly 20 seconds, and then you're going to hop back in at 13 minutes and 53 seconds, uh, and then go through 25 minutes and 7 seconds. And here is what happens. Deke walks up to Mac's door with groceries and sees with with disappointment that the groceries he previously left have not been retrieved. He writes a note on the back of a piece of paper and slides it under Mac's door, which feels like it indicates a severe draft in Mac's house, but that is not addressed. (laughs) Mac wakes up in his recliner and finds out that he's out of beer. This gets him up and out of his chair to go get more. He sees the note that says, Swayze's, come tonight. It's urgent! Three exclamation points. Meanwhile, Russell has brought Sybil some flowers. Red Red roses to match her eyes. Sybil is revealed. I'm sorry. Hold on. That was interesting. I watched. I'm going to change the, the air, air quote. quotes over to eyes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's we, we will re- we will respect this this robot's pronouns, and I'm going yeah. to move those air quotes. Red roses to match her eyes. There we go. Because it's a it's a it's a <laughs> line of laser. Yeah, yeah. I that it felt weird to everyone like in the recording line. when yeah. I said that. Um, any other word in the air quotes would have been better than that. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly problematic. <laughs> to match okay. her eyes. Um, <laughs> how did James get canceled? Weirdly, a killbot. Sybil, <laughs> we all knew it was going to happen via a killbot, but, you know. Sybil uh, is revealed, and she looks like a killbot from the movie Chopping Mall. Swayze's bar is packed as Mac walks in. He goes up to the bartender and says he's there to see Deke. The bartender looks at him with disbelief. Everyone's here to see Deke, the bartender says, as the band returns to the stage for their encore. 
The lead singer of the band is Deke, and he thanks the audience for coming. My name is Deke Shaw, and I wrote this song. <laughs> then the band kicks into Simple Minds song, into the Simple Minds song, Don't You Forget About Me. In that, I did put don't you in parentheses, and then forget about me, not in parentheses, <laughs> which is an absolute buck wild way to present the title of that song. It's like, so this is officially called Forget About Me with the parenthetical don't you in front of it. That's not how they did it. And that's a smart thing they did in 1985. We'll get to it. <laughs> After the set, Deke is stoked to see that Mac has made it to the show. Mac is upset that Deke has stolen his material from the future. Deke tells Mac that the band isn't a cover band, but rather the band is a cover for the elite squad that he has assembled. The Deke Squad. This is also the name of the band. Here are the members of the Deke Squad uh, as the A-Team theme comes up. The A-Theme. Uh, Roxy the Glass. C-Team at best. The C, well, the D-Team. The D-Steam. Yes. The, I mean, the D-Steam is uh, the fan fiction version. Um, <laughs> fan fiction virgin? What? All right. What? <laughs> uh, so here are the members of the Deke Squad. Roxy Glass, Covert Ops and Tactical. Tommy and Ronnie Chang, aka the Chang Gang, masters of disguise, masters of masters of disguise and total <laughs> honeypots. Olga Pachinko, demolitions. Cricket, yes, the same one that Deke used to use to track down Mac that Deke said was shady. Drummer. Mac reminds Deke what he said about Cricket, and Deke said that he found out Cricket had a steady job selling coke, which was weird because he never saw him drinking any soda. Mac is skeptical about Deke's strategy of hiding in plain sight. Deke says that he wants Mac to be the leader of the team, especially with the enemy chatter they've been picking up. Mac asks if he means the Chronicoms, but Deke doesn't want to talk about it at the bar. They need to go back to HQ. HQ is the lighthouse, which has been tricked out into basically like a clubhouse. Mac is upset. I couldn't think of uh, the right word for, so I used clubhouse and then the right word appeared and I'm going to have it in the synopsis in the following sentence. Ready? Here we go. Mac is upset that Deke turned the, the top secret military facility into a party pad. But then Deke says that Coulson seemed fine with it. Mac is confused. Mac, I, I put my past tense on the previous sentence. Coulson seemed fine with it. Mac is confused. Coulson's alive? Deke explains that Coulson's life data was on a hard drive. Then he turns on a monitor labeled Coulson, which I'd never noticed before. And there's Coulson <laughs> looking very much like Mac's headroom. We'll get to it. Mac asks wow, if Sybil good. shouldn't have died in the explosion. But Coulson points out that if he made it out on a hard drive, she might also have made it out in some way. Coulson has found the characters that Sybil is putting out every time there's a power surge. He thinks she's building new hunters. We cut back to Russell's shop where he comes back from Big Urn's ammo supply with two big bags. He finds Sybil making a robot that looks like her. He is hurt in an emotional way. He says that she can't leave him after everything they've shared. She agrees. He knows too much. Then Russell gets a, a drill through his chest and out of his back. And she hurts him in a physical way. <laughs> yeah. Mac and Coulson catch up and Coulson advises Mac to think about moving into the lighthouse so that he isn't isolated and depressed. Deke says that he wants Mac to, to sit in on a training session. He's come up with an obstacle course called The Gauntlet. The Gauntlet run is a disaster, and Mac is less sure of the team than ever. Deke concedes that they shouldn't have run it right after a gig, but then he reveals that he has something for Mac. A new and improved version of the shotgun axe. A weapon that we have never seen. Mac is unimpressed. He says that Deke hasn't assembled a team. He's assembled a group of losers playing dress-up a bunch of sycophants that will support him in his perpetuation of a lie. 
Deke defends them fiercely, saying that they have his back and won't abandon him at the first sign of trouble because that's what friends do. That's what he did for Mac. Mac says he didn't ask for that and walks out of the room. Okay. Uh, first and foremost, I've been literally I've so been Colin, listening. Do you? Oh, but I, I have, I've been saying the same word over and over in my head, so I wouldn't forget this because it was in the middle of your synopsis. Mm. I wanted to mm. point out very specifically part of the dialogue about cricket was that it's not yeah. so much that he says, I've never seen him drinking the soda because they do the same joke twice. They do a callback within like yeah. 15 seconds, he says, which is weird because I've never seen him drink any. And then he's right. like, blah, 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 blah. See, the cool thing about this is that, you know, we have all this equipment. We go on the road. No one's, you know, bats an eye. And he says, and if we do anything weird, you know, people can just blame it on the drugs. And Max says, like the Coke. And he says, what does this have to anything to do with soda? Like, <laughs> right. Like, so they can't have so said soda twice. Right. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So like, but yes. the way he's like, okay, still not getting it. And it's yeah. very, very uh, goofy. And very funny to me considering he's now been around for a, about a year in you know, in the eighties, and still hasn't learned. But Deke is like, al- already always so like coked up by life that I feel like maybe he wouldn't notice it. Like people are I matching guess. him on his level because they're on drugs. <laughs> I guess. Can I? Uh, I, I want to give a little bit of context of my viewing experience for this. Um, uh, which hold on, Ty, I want to. I want to do that. I just want to not forget this and then say it later out of, out of context i added uh the word soda and i'm really pissed at myself because gotcha. i wrote drinking any period which is what he says mm-hmm. and then i was like that's not clear enough so i added soda forgetting about the wording of the of the of, yeah. the, of the other thing so i was upset with you i just oh. wanted to comment oh on no that very good i was upset with me i need to, i need to <laughs> okay. be better you know it's uh i'm sorry Colin. well as long as one of us admits it con i'm sorry <laughs> yeah, okay. I um tie. So uh Colin and James both know this. I uh watched the vast majority, I think, of uh of this show uh yeah. ages ago, and I've always been intending to come back to it. So I have not watched this season before. I think I haven't watched the season before it either. I'm not a hundred percent sure because okay. So many of these seasons are so full of like wild set pieces that you could kind of shuffle them. And like, I I don't know how to actually lay them out in my brain to know which one's the the latest. But um, anyway, do you know Deke? Uh, no, I do not know Deke. Okay, so you may have missed. You may have missed because he's in season season five. Okay, wow. So you may really? have missed the, the the last. Yeah. Wow. wow. He's he's from the future, and they go to the future in season five. I really thought I had watched more of this show than that, but apparently not. <laughs> That's wild. Um, I mean, I guess I this that. is because it's got long seasons, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Hey guys. Hey. This is a fucking good show. <laughs> yeah, it is, I yeah. haven't. I have not watched yeah. an episode of this in like years, and th- okay. So, also important context. I must have misread the timestamp because I definitely watched a like pretty much the rest of the episode. Uh, <laughs> I accidentally started to as well. I okay. like without I I read the timestamp, but then I was like, I in my head I was like, usually the day change is obvious you know yeah and so like to me all of a sudden i was going through and i was going i think this is longer than i'm supposed to be watching i looked down at the timestamp, and i was a full like 15 minutes past i was like oh yep okay i've gone way way too far gotcha i think that like a lot of shows of this nature like 
there's always at least a season that someone, not, not everyone agrees on it necessarily, but someone will go, ah, that season wasn't for me or whatever. But I feel like season seven was a such a strong ending for this show. Like I feel like they really pulled out all the stops on this one. It's wild because like I remember this show uh, having really good character work, really good growth. And and the fact that watching this, this episode, the the amount of this episode that I ended up watching, there was one character who I already knew and he was in an emotional and plot space that I did not yeah. recognize for this character. Mm-hmm. The fact that I still, this show still gave me like five laugh out loud lines Despite yeah. me not having that context, is amazing. It was so, it was just so fun and so funny, uh, and yeah. just like it was ridiculous. But like, it was ridiculous. Like, okay, Coulson in this TV is stupid and ridiculous. But like, the groundwork that I remember this show laying made me yeah. go, yeah, this makes sense. Like, yeah, exactly, I, I yeah. totally <laughs> buy this. This is totally reasonable. Oh, yeah, it was it was so much fun. I, I had a great time watching this episode. Yeah, this... and the Max Headroom reference, by the way, was very good. Mm-hmm. I yeah. wanted to point out, like, I know I said, oh, good, good ref, like under my breath, but like, I wanted to point out that that was a good one. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and I took real fast talk on the VHS like situation there. Um, you know, uh, the uh, the cool, the, one of the funniest things about this to me is like the way that they almost present it as if every response that Coulson could make is pre-recorded in a way. <laughs> right. Because what, sometimes he'll be talking and he'll like turn to look at something and the way you'll hear like a as if it's been like yeah. cut and goes back to like it's like a DVD menu that yeah. like loops, you know, but it yeah. doesn't it's not a perfect loop. So it like does something and he just <laughs> yeah. snaps back into facing forward neutral faced. Despite the fact that he was just like looking up and pointing and it, you know, just you hear that little static or whatever. It's so, so good. Well, he says he's on the UF UHF channel, which either like I was like, are they going to play a video? What's going on here? But it's like he it's almost like they're they've plugged in a, like a Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, that. like he's playing like they're they're, they're playing it on like a, a console or something. Yeah. Um, which Do you is, think. Oh, no, never mind. I was going to make a statement of like, do you think they ever have to like pull the cartridge out? And I realize that that would imply blowing Coulson. So I feel like that, uh-huh. need, that needs to maybe. I don't... Explain that. Wait, I don't understand what that means. Explain that. Okay. Detail. Yeah, sure. No, no problem. I'll, I'll tell you off air when you're older. Oh, great. Fine. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to, to comment on slash ask about, guys. Yeah. Uh, the... I, I ended up, um, we might have cut this for time, but uh, I ended up watching a good bit more of this episode because I messed up on the timestamps. Um, so I, I think that we ended up seeing this uh, where the robot just shanks somebody and just blood yeah, yeah. splatters everywhere. Okay, when did the show get like like slasher movie silly with gore that was this, this, season. Season. this season this season okay so it's not this it's, episode it's this season well, right no it's sort this of. episode they're doing genre pastiche for this Ugh. whole for this whole, whole season. season oh it's yeah. so, so that's like, so good it's all of this episode like the very ending of the previous episode and i think the next episode too has some oh is the like, noir stuff also from this season stuff. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah oh my god i need to watch yeah. the show 
Yeah. <laughs> so like the it ca- they came from the you know from Shield headquarters kind of thing you know yeah. or I forgot what what is it what do they say uh, they alien from, commies from outer space. That's it. I don't know why I thought it was like it came from Shield space or whatever. Like it's very <laughs> like you know the and you know, yeah. they change the theme song. Like again, the theme song for the bit that we put out today. This is so the same day that we're recording. Mm-hmm. By the way, March twenty second. Thank you. Is the same day that we published an episode in which they had a 70s cop show era style, both like, you know, again, like set pieces and everything, but even like the opening number was like, or like the the theme song was this very 70s, you know, uh, thing. And like the way they have like logos, do 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 do, you know, like filling up the screen, you know, and then, you know, starring so and so, you know, it was like they keep doing that and like they managed to just nail nail it every time because they've never gone the super campy death like ever in yeah. the show yeah. until now. Like when that drill goes through him and you watch both the shirt and his body kind of spin into the yes. drill bit, yes. and you're like, ugh. And the blood hits his face in a way that doesn't make any no, sense. Any no sense, sense at all. <laughs> so but that's what those movies fun. would do. Yeah, it's it's like so the um, Army of Darkness when they throw the body into the pit and like the geyser, they like yeah. like five second geyser of blood, which is like too much blood. Yeah. Yeah. I'm it would hilarious. be like if you blew up um, like a part of an engine for a helicarrier and something on the back bottom side of the ship suddenly had a fireball. Yeah. Listen, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's just like, like that. I mean, just like, you know. Just calm down and enjoy your space. <laughs> yeah, I, I generally don't enjoy like just I, I generally don't find a, a horror gore like this type yeah. of horror gore fun or funny. I, I just it doesn't it doesn't click with me. Um, yeah. But watching this and like laughing uproariously at the like way the special effects worked really made me think like maybe I need to give that stuff another shot because I, I thought this was really fun. I had a great time. I think so this this um this episode and this part of this episode and also the next episode definitely uh highly referenced this movie Chopping Mall which uh we had on mm. uh video um we heard about it on this you know it was 2003 or 4 and whatever the version of BuzzFeed was at the time we saw this on a list of like horror 80s horror things and it was Chopping Mall uh the slow the the uh, tagline was where shopping can cost you an arm and a leg, <laughs> um, and it also they also called it Killbot two thousand I think, um, which is the name of a, um, a murder by death song which is also a reference to that but this those the like Johnny Five but with laser eyes mm-hmm. sort of uh, mm-hmm. robots are exactly God, what the Johnny robots Five. were in in uh, in Chopping Mall and. Chopping Mall is a lot funnier and funner to uh, reference and not watch again <laughs> than it was to, to actually uh, watch. watch. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, I don't know that you're missing. I think that this is is just per- perfect for where where the enjoyment is, and uh, not in the '80s when they were like, "How can we make this look?" As horrifying as possible <laughs> for as cheap as possible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I dig that too because I also bet that like to some extent for a show like this where you do kind of have now a bigger budget and stuff like yeah. that to then go, hey, I know we've got a bigger budget, but like how low budget can you make this look? And, you know? and it's, it's weird because like it didn't feel 
like low budget as in I mean the robots looked low budget but right yeah. like I don't know I don't know how to describe it they looked um super silly but like it didn't feel cheap and it didn't feel like it was you know a student project or anything I, I don't know how to right. how to no, exactly like, I get what you mean this. like it's still all HD to yeah. be clear, you know what I mean but like I think that like what is interesting to me is that a lot of things I think in in other like campy movies would be like models that maybe yes. are done sometimes honestly with like almost like stop motion like yeah. i've definitely seen robots that look like that but then when they go to use the drill you can see the fact that it's like yeah weird motion to be like you know like i, yeah. I realize everyone can't see me mm -hmm. you two can but like the fact that like it's clearly a actual moving robot and you know maneuvering so it's that thing of they make it look low budget and it might not actually be but like they manage to nail the aesthetic of of that stuff i mean again yes. the same like just going back to the blood splatter the way how much blood they show. Mm -hmm. I mean, again, not only does it not make sense for the blood to hit his face in that drill bit moment, but it's so much. It's yes. like a third of his body's <laughs> so blood much. splashes him in the fucking face. And it's so funny. Like, yeah. it's one of those things where I feel like in other things you'd be like, oh, gross. But like in this moment, it is so outrageous that you're kind of like, oh, ha ha, silly, funny. And it's, it's yeah. so... Uh, not what I expected from the scenes prior mm -hmm. to that. Um, mm -hmm. It just came oh, so out true. of nowhere. Um, yeah. Also, I, I think I, I think I might be able to place like uh, what I was trying to describe as far as the sort of cheapness, but not cheapness look. Mm -hmm. So the robots look like, so oh, in like the eighties, actually in the eighties, mm -hmm. if they tried to make a super futuristic robot, it ended up looking really stupid and cheap even though they were using the best sort of puppeteering and mechanics right. at the time now we are using mo they were using modern day robotics to replicate that stupid looking robot from the 80s right, right. and so yeah. it's actually moving along by itself <laughs> and it's actually got this robot arm that's like fully articulated and fully remote controlled it's right. doing it's fully doing all of the stuff so it has an it's, extra heft and weight to it that wouldn't have been there in one of those 80s ones right and I, I know we mentioned the movie short circuit earlier um uh right. but like i also feel like it does have <gasps> such a knife there you go there <laughs> you go wow <laughs> Wow, that's so funny. <laughs> I, that took me way too long to even even just now when he said I was like, "What, Johnny?" Right, got it. No, but like it looks a lot like the Mars rover suddenly grew a body. Right, right. You know? my, my Zoom it's name all, is okay. Johnny Knife. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah that's, I should be clear on that. It's like you know, you know, um, like the toys that we would have as kids, where they would be. Like honestly, Transformers were this, right? Yeah. But, like they would they would be one item, and you would kind of open something up and like kind of unfold some pieces, and out something new. Yes, right. Right. It, it, this kind of to me looks like if you were like, here is a Mars rover, but uh oh, open up its compartment and pull the body up and out, and now it can fight Mars crime, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's what it feels mm. like. It's like by Mars day cops. analyzes rocks, by night fights aliens. Yeah, Mars cop, exactly. Um. You know, I just feel like that's what this kind of vibe is. Yeah. To yeah. Me. Props to the props um, team. Yeah. yeah, for exactly. 
Return the props to the props team. <laughs> don't touch a prop that's not yours. We all Do learned not. this in high school. I don't know if anyone else had anything else to bring up. I wanted to go back to the bar for a moment. Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's, sorry. Let's talk about we the bar. Hot no, yeah, no, no. Yeah. Um, this, this season's all about skipping around in time. We're good. Go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to get into this because I understand that there's there's a semantics situation here, right, about how time travel works. <laughs> but I need to be very specific about this, right? It's This is the concept of effectively stealing and borrowing something mm. from from your knowledge of a futuristic time. Think, you know, the way that they stole the the almanac, okay. you know, from the future. Mm. Uh, in uh, not almanac, what was it? It was it sports almanac. almanac. It was some sports almanac. Yeah, sports, yeah, sports almanac. I knew it, I knew it had sports to do with almanac, sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't sure if what the you know, the word after sports was, but like yeah. in Back to the Future, and then he goes back and like, uh oh, oops, a daisies. Now they've you know right. they've they've changed things. You know, uh, because of this like future knowledge, it's the well, same. This is thing. worse than that. This yes. is worse. I'm making your point. But this is worse than that. Yeah, because that's Cause, using information for monetary gain. This is taking creativity and. Make I'm not saying own. it's worse than that necessarily. I, I, I'm just saying I agree. Saying, I agree it's worse. <laughs> I mean, I, the reason why I think the if other one is, is technically doing. worse is because he is, uh, you know, in, in the other situation, it's an evil person changing the future using monetary mm-hmm. gain that wasn't really, you know what I mean? Marty so, intended to do it, though. I'm not sure that Biff's evilness is is the Well, but I mean, the... w- if Marty had done it, though, would he have done it to take over an entire city? I don't think so. Uh, to give, uh, I don't think Marty gives that kind of vibe. There, but for the but. grace of Doc Go I, you know what I mean. <laughs> to give audience a little bit of context, um, in Back to the Future two, three, yep, uh, two, two, um, a character steals a sports almanac and uses it to win a bunch of bets and make a make themselves rich. In right, this, right. Um, we have a person go back in time and uh, write songs and perform songs. Write in quotes. Yeah, um, write is in quotes. He does before, rewrite the lyrics to these songs. That's, that's true. For um, some, in some ways. That yeah, that is. Did he actually change any lyrics? What is that? Well, he, Daisy is for sure not in the lyrics of the Simple Mind song. Interesting. Okay, I did not catch true. that. It, yeah. Um, it's it's baby in the original as it is in every other song. <laughs> that's 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 fair. Do you think that he put that in the lyrics, or do you think that's a little slip up where he like he gets into the emotions of the moment? And he's just like. Daisy. He, like, he, there are other flourishes in the song that aren't there in the original that I personally think make the song better, but that's just oh, me. I know Colin's a, a, Oh, Colin's interesting. We can get into that too because there is an interesting thing about this version. Hey, it was where a fun I song. noticed that fun performance. I mean, it is a good song but, for uh, for sure. And I think there's an interesting thing here of like there are some new things in there, but there's also things there where I go. I don't know if it's the instrumentation that they're using or whatever, but like there's parts that felt really understated mm. that I was kind of like, that's surprising, right? Like a good example of this, right, is to me one of the staples of the instrumental part to this song, right, is when it goes, don't you, dun, 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 right? Like that right. like little oh, keyboard yeah. part. It's yeah. so not there in the mix. It's like it's so... Which Not is funny because they have two keyboards. In I know. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's, on, I mean, it's there, but it's so weak. And I'm like, you couldn't focus. Like, that's such a, to me, it's, that's what fills that space, you yeah. know, and, and helps it not sound like a, an, an incomplete thought, you know, because uh, it's like some, it's like, don't you, it's almost like a call and response, but instead of a voice, it's just a little keyboard. Yeah. You know? So, Can, like, that part, I was kind of like, ah, oh. but there are interesting, like, when they walk out onto the stage, 
Yeah. Right? The way they do what an actual band would do, like a, honest to God, like a touring band that's been around for like 20 years, the way that they can vamp on an opening mm-hmm. of yeah. something, the way they do that in this, honest to God, feels like a like musical theater piece of music, like yeah. writing, which is, it's it's so good. That intro is incredible, genuinely. Yeah. I love that part of it. And yeah. like, this again, this song I, went on for a know, very, very long time. And it did. I it, it did not a, overstay yeah. its welcome. No. Which was no. which surprised me. These were the lyrics in their entirety, basically, oh God, is what they did. Me? No, no, no. Uh, uh, sorry. I thought you, for, for a second I thought you thought I was gonna actually do it again. <laughs> I thought, no, but I mean like that's second, what they did. I you were gonna actually read that. No, on stage though, I mean like in the episode they did that yeah. moment. They were like, here's the yeah. song and it's like they didn't do like a cheeky cut to the end. No. You know, What's like funny is they did a and, cheeky cut and then went back and did the full song. Like, right, yeah. <laughs> right, true, 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 true. Um, uh, but what I meant by cheeky cut is like specifically like to not have to do the full yeah. song. Right, they had every yeah. opportunity. Right. They went to commercial as right. he started it and no one needed them to sing the whole song. No. For plot, it didn't need to happen. The, I think well, that Daisy we... being in the song mm-hmm. is the only reason... Plot wise, listen, I enjoyed it very much, but plot wise to have the full performance. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. That's fair. And I love that they were like, something happens in the future that we'll get to in a little bit. Right. And they go back into the performance and it's the full ass performance. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, love it very much. It's, 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 very, it's very good. Yeah. yeah. It's really um, good. And as much as I don't necessarily like Deke as a character, right. I think that Fred, Fredward, as we say Je- here, but at Fred uh, Ward. Je- Jefford. Jeff. Oh, sorry. You're right. I, I have Freddie on the mind Who's because Freddy? of, uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, no, sorry. Jeff Ward, uh, Jeff Ward. He, um, like, I think he does a great yeah. job here. I mean, like, you know, yeah. I, it makes me think of like the agent Carter musical number too, where mm-hmm. it's like a lot of these folks have these abilities and talents for sure. And you can show that off, you know, in, in whatever way, you know, you can or want. Uh, and like, I don't like, I'm not angry at Deke, for example, for, for uh for being that good at this song. Yeah. What I right. am frustrated at is again when he is like, you didn't write that song. And he's like, I mean, I did. I mean, because they won't for another two years. And it's like No, okay, but let's let's stop right there for a second. Let's talk about this song for a sec. Okay. Um, because I think it's important. I don't think it makes it uh better in the way that you're frustrated by this this thing, but it does actually improve it for me. Really? Okay. Okay. So here, so let's let's talk about Simple Minds. Uh, Don't you forget about me for just a moment. So this is a song by Scottish rock band Simple Minds, released as a single in 1985. It was written and composed by the producer Keith Forsey and Steve Shift. Sorry, Steve Schiff, a guitarist and songwriter from the Nina Hagen band. Forsey and Schiff wrote it for Simple Minds and offered it to several acts before Simple Minds agreed to record it. The song was used in the 1985 John Hughes film, The Breakfast Club, and also in 2010's Easy A, which is also a great movie but doesn't have any relevance here. <laughs> it's weird that Wikipedia <laughs> says that, but it, they did. I'm not going to change it. Uh, Schiff and Forsey were, were Simple Minds fans and wrote the song with the band in mind. After Forsey played a demo for the band's label AM Records, AM invited uh, him to meet the band backstage after one of their tour demand. Uh, show, shows in the U.S. However, AM did not notify Simple Minds that Forsey was coming and the band declined to record the song. Uh, uh, that sentence doesn't make sense to me. I don't know if they didn't meet with him or if like he was just this guy. You know, I, I'm here to meet the band. Like a lot of people are here to meet the band. 
so then everyone's here to see Deke. Shaw. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, everyone's someone, everyone's girlfriend is back here. Uh, Forzy offered, don't you forget about me to Brian Ferry of Roxy Music, who declined as he was working on his album, Boys and Girls. Ferry said later, it was just bad timing. Keith Forsey sent me a demo of the song that sounded like a hit to me. Simple Minds did a great version of it. Billy Idol, whom Forsey was producing at the time, also declined, which is uh, all my Pitch Perfect fans uh, and friends out there will have been expecting me to say Billy Idol, because that is what's referenced in that uh, in that movie. Uh, a suggested Corey Hart, who had a hit at the time, Sunglasses at Night, but Forsey wow. did not think Hart was the right singer. Cy Kernan, the lead singer of The Fix, also declined. Jeez. According to the yeah, according to the Simple Minds frontman Jim Kerr, Simple Minds were reluctant to record the song as they felt they should only record their own material. Fair. They were also they also were frustrated that their attempts to find success in the U.S. market had not found significant radio airplay, and did not see how recording the song would change this. The band relented after persuasion from A and M and from Chrissy Hind, the singer of The Pretenders and Kerr's wife at the time. And after receiving a phone call from Forsey in which he reiterated his, his admiration for the band. According to one account, the band, quote, rearranged and recorded Don't You Forget About Me in three hours in the North London studio and promptly forgot about it. Hilarious. <laughs> Hilarious. So Believing that it would be a throwaway song on the soundtrack to a forgettable movie. Oh. Hilarious. <laughs> In, Amazing. In the process of recording, Simple Minds added parts such as Kerr's La 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 vocal fills. They resumed work on Once Upon a Time, their next album. However, some of the band members realized they had recorded something with commercial potential. They did not put Don't You Forget About Me on the album Once Upon a Time. It was on wow. a Greatest Hits album years later in 1991, I believe. Uh, the song became a number one hit in the U.S. in May of 1985 and in Canada in June of 1985. It is also the band's only number one hit on the U.S. Top Rock Tracks chart. Staying atop that chart for three weeks, while only reaching number seven in the UK, it stayed on the charts from 1985 to 1987, one of the longest time spans for any single in the history of that chart. Wow. So my my case here is this. If it was, let's say Deke ripped off Bruce Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Let's say he, 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 he did uh, Born in the USA. Mm-hmm. Okay, which he was not, but sure. Which he, which he was not because it was a destroyed earth and he, right, exactly. <laughs> um, I would feel like that was a shitty move because he literally, it's that, you know, bootstraps paradox thing that we were talking about where he, he recorded right. the song before, whatever. He took someone's, like a band's literal, like a singer-songwriter's literal song that they wrote, performed, and recorded, and, and did, and did it before them. It's the same thing, but for a, some reason, a little bit, because these producers were like, come on, any takers, anyone want this? Does anyone want this? Him taking it from them a couple years ahead of time feels better to me, not Sorry to interrupt. Good, I have better. to take a, a quick phone call. I'm sorry for oh, this. Sure. Um, you guys no can either keep this up or we can cut back. We'll be fighting. Afterwards. We'll be sorry. fighting for sure. Now, I ain't gonna lie to you. The boys done and messed up. They went off on a tangent and just derailed the entire show. Let's get back on track, shall we? Tangents. Sorry about that. I wasn't expecting to get a... Uh, I wasn't expecting to be able to get a return call. Otherwise, I would have warned you that it might have been coming. It was the record label trying to offer you, uh, don't you forget about me. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, no thanks, Atlanta Records. No thanks, Nothing Atlanta. less than three million gets me out of bed in the morning. Guys, uh, are we back in? Yeah, okay. we're back in. 
I, I, there were several lines. This is, this is apropos of nothing. Um, (laughs) we're we're cutting back in, uh, after I had to step away for a moment. Um, there were several lines. I don't know this Deke guy. I, it seems like you guys aren't huge fans. I like him calling hate. Okay. I can't stand the character. He just grates me. So I could imagine that in a different context, I would agree strongly with Colin. However, in this particular episode, I ex- I agree extremely with James. I the, had there were I I wrote down five different like laugh out loud lines from this episode mm-hmm. just for my own reference. I'm not going to share them here, but those oh, five, okay. uh, a lot of them were after the the episode cut where right. I was supposed oh, to okay, stop. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But okay, That's could you could you give those to us so that in the next episode that we can uh, have yeah. like random like. But ding, that was a yes. tie approved. That moment. was a tie approved. <laughs> I will. Was were, was one of them though the one about the Atlanta records? By no, it was not. That was close. Interesting. That was close. But uh, okay. but yeah, of the five, four of them were were involved him. Like oh, oh like okay, I understand. He, I'm sorry. I thought you meant yeah. you had five declines. No, in particular, I was just I gotcha. was just okay. noting down lines that made me laugh out loud, and yeah. that was like he was heavily represented in that. Um, he the, the thing really about this, sells it. Mm-hmm. He, the, the thing about this uh, part of the season, like uh, seven, eight, seven and eight, actually seven. This episode is like the redemption of Deke Shaw. I he's, do agree with that. He's a kind of a like season six Deke Ugh. needs a, needs a, a firm kick in the ass. Like <laughs> season yes. five Deke, he's a futuristic like refugee and you sort of are like, all right, well, whatever. But like he turns into sort of a, like a Starbucks Easter guy, mm-hmm. like Insta influencer sort of dude. Gotcha. And this is the episode where he redeems himself in almost every single way. And we'll see that over the next couple episodes. Yeah. I, I so, do think that season seven was about, you know, pulling things to a close, obviously, cause I know it was the final season. Yeah. So like, right. I think that they gave him a, they didn't just like let him be a insufferable character until the end, because that would be right. What a hell of a way to go out. You know, <laughs> right. so, like, they, they kind of start to fix that. I think here. Yeah. And also weirdly enough, it is the campiness of the, like the style, the stylized episodes, I think helps in that nature for some reason. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And what's funny about Deke's turn in this episode over and across this season is that um, like the audience, Max still thinks that Deke is being a douchebag. Yes. And we know from previous episodes Yeah, previous episodes. That, that, James sorry, just I was, paused I was, and was I like, was going back to that episode that had three different episodes that was jumping back. Yeah, a forth. bunch of text just, you know, was floating through the screen and like neurons <laughs> right. were exploding as James tried to yeah. figure this James out. James opened three different tabs of the Excel sheet in his mind <laughs> yeah. instead yes. of like on his computer and was like sifting through going, control, find. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Friendship okay, is magic. Yeah. It, this, <laughs> this, we know that Deke is doing is in 1983 for all of the right reasons and he is looking after his friend and he is there in max mind he got he pulled the most annoying friend from the team yeah. to be stuck <laughs> in time with him <laughs> so, amazing yeah um with his fake ass beard um <laughs> i think that okay so so all right i don't know uh 
I don't know where I was going with that. Oh, I agree. Deke is, is annoying up until this point. Uh, and annoying here, but in sort of a redeeming way. Yeah, in a, in a is, is great funny. comedy way. Yeah, yeah. I think that one of the themes of the next of of Deke in the eighties is that he has found his place. It's sort of like that, you know, <laughs> I was born in the wrong decade. Yeah. Like he he was born, you know, too far in the future. He belongs in the nineteen 19- and even in season six when he's like an influencer and sort of an, an asshole, mm-hmm. you're like you when you see him in the eighties, you're like, Yes. Yes. He belongs in that windbreaker very, very much. So uh i have nothing else though i think i think okay. i think at this point i've said my whole piece especially because i got to mention the line of no thanks atlantic records <laughs> yeah. is that uh it is that thing of like i'm acting totally normal right now and it's like my god you are anything but you know yeah very good yeah um i there are any number of lines i tried to quote as many like that tickled me like uh uh, Masters of Disguise and obviously Total Honeypots is really, really That one really kills funny. me, be- especially because you never see them change clothes yeah. once, and yeah. it's so in, good. In that same string, there was another line which I was like, this would not have been good if it had not been for the pitch-perfect delivery that he gave. Yeah. Um, where he was... he I don't remember the lead-up. It was something along the lines of... Um, she uh, she doesn't really know much English, though she is fluent yeah. in the international language. Demolitions. Demolitions. And, and yes. you just he just paused just long enough and with just a hint, a hint of a tweak that you think he's gonna say love. Love. But then right. no. It was it was yeah. so perfectly done. Yes. Absolutely. Um I did send Colin, I, I was searching for something that she says later. Uh, oh, this is Olga Bachinko. Um, and I did search for what she said, and it was made up. We'll get to it in, uh, well, <laughs> when they're about to run the gauntlet. I, I forgot for a moment that I'd already talked about the full plot of the, of the thing. They're about to run the gauntlet. They're doing a huddle. Max talking about how he's nervous mm-hmm. about, De- you know, he wants to put on a good performance for Deke. They're about to go. And then Olga says a blessing or an oath or yeah. like a, mm-hmm. a cheer or whatever. You know, the elders of uh, Krakenstein or whatever yeah. are going to look down upon us. And I was like, well, I should look up what that is. <laughs> and it is absolutely made up for this show. And I found a tweet that was that was um, someone uh, asked her what language that was that she had been speaking. The the actress that played her. We'll get uh, Jolene Anderson. And it was, uh, it says, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. writers. This is uh, Ivana2804 uh, said this in uh, in 2020. Um, AOS, here's a character, uh, quote, from the Balkans. She speaks gibberish that vaguely sounds Polish. Her last name is a Japanese word that kind of sounds like a Ukrainian oh. last name. And she'll have a subtitled line, the great elders of Karakostak smile upon us, a word we made up. And then they have a meme of this guy saying, I think we did quite well. I... Um, <laughs> Which is funny. I remember. <laughs> I remember that uh, that character feeling a little like a, a little bit too silly to me uh, at times. Yeah. But yeah. knowing that this has been a, a season of intentional pastiches, like yes. I am, yes. like that brings me back on it. The like vagueness of of area yes. or yes. descent, yes. and also potentially like when you, again looking at the last name, that is like two very different feeling yeah. regions but also not from her yeah. region 
is just the concept of like a tasteful version of like Mickey Rooney doing right. You know, that, that's the concept. Like, that's what I was. Yeah, right. Yeah. You can you, you can get away with it's sort of a Caucasian face, but she's already Caucasian right. and correct. So you're just saying like you know she's her from Russia. Her not vibe Russia, was but, very much the uh, the fake terrorists in Die Hard. Yeah, mm. for sure. I see. Yeah. Um, I will say that, uh, Ty, if you keep watching this episode, they <laughs> hint at a huge, a huge cool twist on her character uh, later in the episode. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, at so- in sort of like the denouement of the, of the whole episode. There's this weird like random aside that I, I love very much. And we're going to talk about it in, uh, I think, about two episodes. That's exciting. Yeah. So now we've come to a to a bit of a crossroads. Um Ty, did you did you bring a segment for us to 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 do today? Uh maybe. Did, okay. If you might uh, want to He's keeping it close to his vest. Open uh open mm. up that envelope oh, man, on your desk. You. Oh. Wait, what how the how did this get in here? You see what that says right there? Glasses wipes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> What does it say? Spycraft Life Raft. Spycraft Life Raft. This is the game where I present you with a very suspicious situation that a spy might find themselves in, and you are given one chance to weasel your way out. This time, you'll both be spies touring with a cover band as your cover, so keep that in mind while doing your weaseling. How we're gonna do, we're gonna do this a little bit differently than we did it last time. Uh, Last time, I presented each of you with a situation. This time, Mm. I'm going to present uh, a series of three situations. You can each choose to buzz in, um, okay. And then, if you feel like you've got something, then you then you know another person can take another swing at it. It's up to you. Okay. All right. Number one, your unwitting informant is about to drop some key intel, but the other band is playing, and their screamo is drowning out your hidden microphone. What do you do? Are you buzzing? Yeah, the... <laughs> I can't hear anything. It's it's my Golden Girls buzzer. Um, <laughs> oh, okay, I, we can't hear it. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, I buzzed in, uh, and it was hilarious. Um, <laughs> all right, here's what I do. I uh, I take advantage of of the very inclusive nature of my cover band, and I I simply uh, relay the information <laughs> via very covertly uh, expressed American Sign Language. There we go. You got it. Got anything else, uh, Colin? What would you do in this situation? Okay. Um, so a great thing about microphones and everything like that is that oftentimes you have different frequencies and channels that things can go on. So I would do a mad dash of just doing effectively just like a, a little, you know, a little bandwidth search to make sure that the the microphone is now on a different frequency and maybe isn't. I don't know fully if I, maybe I missed slightly misunderstood this, but the, the noise feed or like the frequency feed uh, is different. So maybe we get it through in time. Gotcha. 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 I think I might have interpreted this a different direction than you had said based on some of the looks that have been given, but <laughs> I'm going to stick with it. You're totally fine. 
Um, so I think it's just my face. The, <laughs> the, uh, the buzz Ooh. in worked really well, but I think this time I'm going, I'm yeah. going to call on <laughs> one of you to go first. And if the other person wants okay. to follow up with one, they can. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Ty, have you ever done any teaching? Uh, no, I have, mm, uh, depends on your definition. Uh, but. Oh, like in, in the classroom. No. You just did some excellent classroom management of something <laughs> yeah, that was needing true. to not happen again. <laughs> My thing so was, was also I, stage management. I think it's, it's also like Zoom doesn't always let every sound yeah. through. So if I was for me, like if this was your button, if you had held it up and so I could yeah. see you pressing it, thing is I thought I could see your hand moving, but it was like just barely yeah. off cam. So it's like, are you thinking or are you hitting a button? All right. Who do I want to start with? Uh, James. Yes. Your non-spy bandmate is telling you that their dream record label wants all of you to come in for a meeting. At the same time, you're supposed to be intercepting a meeting between the local shady politician and your rival spy. What do you say? Okay. That sounds great, but if if we're going to sign with you, we need to know that you are in this to win this. Those are the kinds of rhymes you get when you deal with our band. And how we're going to have you do that is we're going to have you take us out to lunch <laughs> at the place where the meat is. <laughs> that, and then I can do both Mrs. Doubtfires. That's, I, re I really like the situation you were setting up, the Mrs. Doubtfire style situation you're setting up. Colin, do you yeah. have anything you, you think can be better than that? Yes. Uh, I do have one qualifying okay. question because I have two options to go with, okay. I think. But I need to double check. Are we doing this in 2023 or are we doing this in 1983? Uh, James, do you have a preference? Mine works universally because it's a fantastic answer. So no, I have no preference. <laughs> okay. Let me give you the one that I think works better in 1983. Okay. I mean, listen, we okay. still don't treat women properly, to be very clear. Right. But I think we're a little bit more inclusive and get things a little bit better. In 1983, I think you could totally pull the thing of when they go, where's Olga or where's Roxy? You go, mm, mm. women problems, right? right? Yeah. And they go, oh, uh, uh, okay, we don't, we don't need to hear that. Call it, are and you meanwhile, trying, they're to, just trying off the to like cancel yourself? What is happening? <laughs> no, be, I'm, to be very clear, I'm pulling an Agent Carter. Because okay. yeah. <laughs> that is a spycraft situation mm -hmm. that yeah. she used. Uh, uh, so I, are, I, I've been putting cover, on my Agent Carter Your hat. cover yes. is your cancelable. Cover is yes. You right. sure. are a wonderful yeah. person. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, in 1983, <laughs> funny. In 1983, they were still being like really terrible about that. You know what I mean? That mm -hmm. sort of situation. But I feel like today, if you said that, like instead of being like, <laughs> the more you build this up, know, the more nervous I get. Either. No, no, no. I, I, I don't think. I don't think what I'm saying is bad. I, maybe it is. But my thought process was that in 2023, right? Yes. If you gave that response, but again, you would uh -huh. probably word it much uh -huh. better. Yeah. You know. Uh, I think that people would be much more understanding and accepting and they would go, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. You know, like we'll send, you know, like, oh, uh, something nice to, you know, fast. versus in 1983, they would just, they, 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 the reason why they wouldn't question it is they'd be like, ah, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they would be like, ah, you know, gruff, gruff, angry man with a cigar, just sit down mm -hmm. then, you know, and then you move on and then that gives her deniability while she's out and doing her thing. Now, if again, for in 2023, I think the idea that you do is, is again, uh, if you have 
the the Chang gang, uh-huh. who are masters of disguise, uh-huh. you find a way to make one of them be both brothers. Yes. Uh-huh. And you send yes. the other brother off to go do the thing. You marry Kate and Ashley Olsen them. Marry mm-hmm. Kate and Ashley Olsen them. Boy, yeah. did you, Colin, you did a great job of making me think you were going to say something much worse than you did. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> I was what? so nervous for yeah, well, you. Well, for what, you. What, what did you think it? I was going to say? Colin, we're hmm. recording. Yeah, we're recording. Okay, uh, what, what, what was it? What did you, what did you think I was going to say? I'm not going to. You're not going to catch me. <laughs> let's let's continue on to the, ne- <laughs> the next one. The new segment, let's cancel <laughs> <laughs> Can we cancel Ty in one episode? Let's find out. All right. Call it. Yes. Your unwitting informant is about to drop some key intel, but the other, wait, no, I already said this one. You said that one. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a lot of unwitting informants. <laughs> so oh, many no. unwitting yeah. informants. No. <laughs> Colin. An overeager fan has asked you to sign a shirt using your pen, but if you click the pen, it turns into a hand grenade. Uh, okay, no problem. I just say, hey, this is a type of ink that won't show up. It, it's a color clashing thing. Do you have a gold Sharpie? Very good. I've been to enough conventions to know that you need gold Sharpies a lot. Uh-huh. Very good, very good. You got anything, James? Yeah, charge him. <laughs> James has also uh, apparently been to a bunch of conventions. <laughs> charge them, and, and you have to do a quick calculation. But you have to, you want to, you need to charge them for the autograph to a degree that they can't easily, like a hundred bucks. <laughs> no thanks. Over eager fan, nothing less than three million dollars gets me out of the bed yeah. in the morning. And then, and I go, and what then if they that open mean? a briefcase, yeah, I'll figure something and, and else out. And the the nice thing about this is, if they do say yes and they do have the money on hand, you can be like, huh, for for five hundred dollars, I'm not gonna uh, sign your with just like any old pen. Let me go get the right. good stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's, that is very so- good. What does soda what? have to do with that? You can't write with, you can't <laughs> write with soda. Oh. Uh, yeah, uh, that those are, uh, I, I would not make it. I would, once again, my conclusion <laughs> from Spycraft Lifecraft, Life Raft is I would be found out immediately, even for as stone-faced and emotionless as, as I'm always accused of being. Uh, uh, here's a question about that, that pen. Um, if you is it like a thing where when you click it and then release, that's when it starts the same as like pulling a pin, or is it just the second you press it, it, it activates? Oh boy, I'm not I'm not part of the that department, unfortunately. Because mm. I'm also thinking like if you just Very press good. it so that the pen part and is then out, you run out, and then you just you run, no no you no, sign say, it. and then you write it like this, like a child you, does, because it's the thing of you know when you have a hand grenade, you pull yeah. the pin, but it doesn't technically fully start until you release the the, yeah. the piece. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, if you, you can just cook yeah. it, so you're, sign and go, thanks. thanks. They so walk out, you run outside, you dump it. Day. Like you, you, get a, yeah. you accidentally start a line of people waiting for you to sign their shirt and holding mm-hmm. this cooking hand grenade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you go, I better not get a hand cramp. But also they go, wow, he, he signs like a, a five-year-old <laughs> with a crown, just jamming it in. Musicians, am I right? Yeah. And then, then you know, everyone thinks that it's just a typical musician thing. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and Ty, thank you. You're welcome. Very, very good. 
I always hope that I'm going to come into Spycraft Life Raft uh, with some uh, uh, bombs to drop, if you, if I may, if I, if I mm-hmm. may. Um, and then I'm always like, oh, we weaseling out like the weasel out of it quality is definitely the thing that I I, <laughs> I, I, I try and channel more than anything. That, it's it's a like, good. How quickly can it, I? It's a good ability. Yeah. For a spy. Exactly. I've told Colin all sorts. of so I think it's time to um, <laughs> uh, that was fantastic. Uh, Colin, do you think that now is a time for Avengers Ensemble? Or should we do yeah, why that date? Why that date is a sort of a, a, th- a callback. Let's just do a callback. Uh, Ty, the why that date, the reason why we're talking about this being April 19th, uh, 1983 is because of the length of Max Beard. MCU Wiki uh, <laughs> measured the growth of Max Beard between two known dates. That's amazing. Uh, determined the rate and then and then determined the date. Wow. Um, yeah. So once again, the inadequacies that MC Wiki makes me feel in terms of my uh, deep dives uh, is 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 tremendous. But I also applaud them very very much because they don't know basketball and I do. So um, I'm not often going to flex my I know basketball numbers, uh, but right now. I am flexing those numbers. Anyways, that was why that date. Nice. So uh, let's get into an Avengers Ensemble. Avengers Ensemble. Okay, so the first person we have is an unnamed bartender. Um, She is played by Azalea Davila. Uh, She was in one episode of Treme. Uh, one episode of Scrubs and the movie Primal Fear, which isn't comic book related, but is a movie that I watched in high school in drama class. So then the next uh, character we have is Genesis, uh, a fan, perhaps an overeager fan, maybe an enemy, ah. uh, an enemy spy, uh, who really enjoyed the uh, Deke Squad set. Um, she is played by an actress named Lauren de Miranda, which of course means Lauren of Miranda. And uh, she was in one episode of The Newsroom. And then she was in a movie, Colin. I wrote down uh, for your mom to know what I'm about to say because it sounded like a, a Hallmark Channel uh, holiday movie. But as, I'm, as you'll find out, it was not that. Uh, oh, okay. She played a nurse in the movie The Heart of Christmas. And just wow. real quick, I, I wrote down the, the plot so that your mom might be like, oh, yeah, I know that one. It has Can- Candace Cameron Bure in it. Oh, my God. Um, then she probably has seen it. Uh, the Locke family is devastated when they learn that their two-year-old son, Dax, has leukemia. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, the movie benefited St. Jude's Children's Hospital, so I'm not sure if that was like a Hallmark thing or what, but um, The Heart of Christmas seems like maybe, uh, you know, like the Christmas shoes of movies. Oh, my God. Um, Roxy Glass is played by a woman named Tipper Newton. Um, she has a full a full career of stuff, um, but uh, primarily what I wrote down was uh, she was in two episodes of Adventure Time doing uh, various voices in that. Uh, Tommy and Ronnie Chang are played by John and Matt Yuan, Y-U-A-N, Yuan. Wait, was it Y-A? Y-U-A-N. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it's... I think it's... Um, they are in two episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, three episodes of Arrested Development, one episode of House of Lies, one episode of Raising Hope, and then Matt, but not John, was in one episode of No Ordinary Family, um, 
which is a superhero uh, show that was on sort of before superheroes were back in vogue, which is kind of cool. Interesting. Also, we've mentioned it many, many times before on Avengers Ensemble. We have? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. In my head, um, I was like, that's the first time I've ever heard of it. Yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Um, I think um, Michael... I want to say that Michael Chiklis was like the Mr. Fantastic, but I'm I, I'm worried that I'm thinking of the movie Fantastic. Oh, wait, I thought that was a different show entirely. So that's interesting. I must have I must have two different things mixed up, but I know which one you're talking about now. Yes, in fact, I've recently seen clips of it on TikTok, which is he very was. weird. Michael Chiklis is the is the dad. Is in the that. dad? Yeah. And then um the the mom is as uh Julie Benz uh who was the love interest in Dexter. Hmm. Okay. Um, and everyone who watched Dexter knows what that means. So, yeah, the son gets like um, a super mind and yeah. like he figures out how to play football because he knows exactly what like angle to have his hand at and like how hard to throw it in order yeah. to get to the play. Yeah, he does yeah. all the math like real quick in his head. For sure. Sees the numbers. Sure. Yeah, on the field. ABC. Um, when you're here, your family or something. Yeah, uh, superheroes welcome, ABC. Uh, Olga Pachinko is played by a woman named Jolie Anderson. That is Andersen, S-E-N, which is uh, the Swedish spelling and not the Scottish spelling like mine. Uh, she is in the upcoming Star Wars Path to Re- Paths to Rebellion, which I'm not sure if it's a video game or uh, a show or a movie or what. Um, I just watched both Ty and Colin's heads turn to the right as they both opened a browser on another, <laughs> on another monitor screen. <laughs> I will continue. It's a film. Uh, it's a movie? Cool. Um, Paths to Rebellion sounds like a show, but okay. Um, because there's more than one path. Anyways. Um, she was in two episodes of Transformers War for Cybertron Trilogy. Now, I don't know if the show is called War for Cybertron Trilogy or if she was in two-thirds of the trilogy. A lot of uh, mystery on on old Jolene Anderson over here. Uh, she was in the Marvel's Avengers video game. She was in a short movie called Alien Specimen. Uh, she was in the Resident Evil 2 video game, the Rise of the Tomb Raider video game, something called Resident Evil Damnation, which wasn't listed as a video game, so I can only imagine it was a movie. And she played a female Cenobite in Hellraiser Revelations. Wow. Yeah, she, yeah. Um, she And then, so, okay, so Cricket, the infamous Cricket, is played by a, a man named Ryan Donahue. And... It is D O N O W H O Dono Hugh Dono Who Dono Who Dono Who Dono What uh, Okay Dono so, Who's Freddy <laughs> Dono Who's Freddy Famous Dono Who's throughout the years um, He was in Cabin Fever Three Patient Zero um, and eleven episodes of The OC huh. And then mm. uh, Cricket's girlfriend Tawny, who we see here. Uh, among the group and who we'll see more in a little bit and in a movie we'd have seen we would have seen much more but this is a again a television program listen the 80s that's all i'm saying the 80s is all i'm saying um she was in three things that this another thing and then everybody wants some which is a Richard Richard Linklater movie, uh, which is the spiritual sequel to Dazed and Confused, and which you can hear me rave about on a bonus episode of Dazed and Confused 33 and a Third. It's a fantastic movie. It has no right to be as fantastic as it is Richard Linklater. Um, 
Because I feel like I'll a lot of his movies the, are... I'll post that Richard Link later. Oh, I love that. That seems like someone something that no one said before. Um... That... Okay. <laughs> Schrodinger's sarcasm. Um, <laughs> that's it for... That's all that I have for uh, Avengers Ensemble. Um, I did take some notes about Max Headroom, but I'm not sure how valuable they are since they don't actually say Max Headroom. Yeah. Um, I guess the only thing is, so Coulson appears in the computer screen, as we said, mm-hmm. and he has this like angular, like sort of lasers that they would put in the background of your school photo in 1991 or two. Um, sort of, sort of background, which is the Max Headroom background. Yeah. Right. The, the Max Headroom was a, uh, we're going to use air quotes here, digital <laughs> talk show host, which they wanted you to think was sort of computer generated, but it wasn't. It was literally a guy in in makeup and hair with lighting to make him look like he was digital, but it was literally a dude in front of a blue screen. And that dude is, um, if anyone has seen Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the, the, the first movie, he is the father of... He's the the non Rick Moranis father in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Um, There's wild. also like a huge mystery around a, an event basically that involved this the character. Chicago. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, so definitely listen to plug friend of the show. Check out the Red Web episode on that. Um, I'll maybe put that in the show links uh, as well. Um, I'll link later to that. <laughs> that one M A James Angry. Wine mail model. Uh, real quick, before we head out, I just yep. remembered one thing that I said before the recording that I was going to remember to bring up in this episode, and I never did. Oh, so yeah. I'm going to do it very quickly, because I know that we're kind of a little over time here for the episode here. But um, basically, I was going to oh point God. out like the idea of you know the music-stealing situation. I was also yeah. going to bring up the classic Nate Bargatze uh, oh, right. bit about right. like if he was a, you know, he is convinced at one point that he's met someone like from the future like in his own timeline or whatever. And he said, I could never do that because because if I went back in time, I'd be like, I'm from the future. They'd be like, okay, great. Who's our next president? And he, I'd be like, oh, poof, God, I don't know. And then I'd be like, well, I, I've got this phone. Like this is a telephone in my pocket. They go, how does it work? I mean, oh man, I don't know. They've got guys that make these. Yes, yeah. He's like, I would, I would not be able to convince the anyone. The idea yes. that, that yeah. this guy like perfectly remembers, I mean, there were a couple of tweaks, but like, more or less yeah. perfectly remembers multiple songs. I would not. Yeah. Yeah. I would not be able to do that. Right. Even the songs yeah. I like the best in the world, I would not be able to recreate them. You know, in a way, it would almost make more sense. You know, Colin, you've referred to him as sort of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Star-Lord. Mm. Before, oh, yeah. And it would almost make sense if he had a tape to reference. Yes. If he had an awesome mix volume. Yes. I genuinely wouldn't to. be surprised if he technically does. Yeah. Like I mean, there there's no way that he doesn't somehow have an iPod. Have a phone, right? Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, whatever he downloaded on his phone from Spotify before before leaving is just what he has. Or I guess maybe to some extent, maybe the the Zephyr still has Wi-Fi, so it's just like whatever he downloaded like that morning. He's like, thank God I still was able to time heist some podcast episodes too. Oh no, I've gotten through all of Serial. Oh Oh no, what am I gonna do? I'll have I hope to we find this out. Yeah. Before they would have been committed before. Right. Um, yeah. That was it, though. 
it I, I agree with that like just because you have the technology where we are in technology doesn't mean anything about knowing no. how to like I have this loaf of bread okay how'd you get it I went to this I went to the store <laughs> right that's it flowers yeah, involved it. and yeah I have to pick some flowers some... I think I'm not Ooh. really sure Ooh, yikes yeah that's some focaccia stuff though in a way <laughs> Shall we steal some other show's uh, outro from the future? Absolutely. Uh, I can think of zero show's outros. Sure. No, I got you. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us here on Timeline Scavengers. As always, I'm Colin Parker. I'm Justin McElroy. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Ty. And I'm Ty. Kiss your dad square on the lips. (laughs) It's better. It's better with you. My life. It's better. It's better with you. Yes, it's true. This podcast.